Welcome into 44.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. I'm Anthony Stalzer, joined by my co-host, John Paulson, who is 444.com's senior editor. How you doing, John? I'm doing good, Anthony. How are you? Doing very, very well. Before we dive into today's podcast, uh, let's tell us, tell us about the music first. Yeah, this is a band called uh, Greta Van Fleet. Uh, they are, were formed in Frankenmuth, Michigan, nice. which I'm I've not sure if you're, you've been there. I have. They've got a, a massive like Christmas store that you. I mean, it's like two two stories. A lot of people go there for for that, and they have like a a really good chicken dinner there. It's known as Little Bavaria, and the Muth. That's the name of the that's the name of the the city. The nickname of the city. Uh, but this band uh, has released some information or some information. They've released some songs. Uh, 2012, uh, they formed, and uh, th- those. Those songs are not available, uh, but they did release uh, an EP called Black Smoke, Smoke Rising. This is the number one track off that uh, highway tune. And uh, th- there's definitely a Led Zeppelin uh, feel to this one. And uh, it, the, the whole EP is real good. So they're going to release a couple more EPs here and then release an album probably in uh, the next year or so. So as we dive into the podcast, last night, right before the Rams 49ers game, I got a text message from my buddy John. And he goes, man, this this could not be a worse matchup for Thursday Night Football. And I said, listen, I watched that crap show that was the Rams here in St. Louis for, you know, four or five years, and I, I, I can't talk you into this one. And, of course, 41-39 to 39 is your final, and it was one of the most entertaining Thursday Night Football matchups, especially after what we got last week, John. The over-under in that game was in Vegas was 39-and-a-half, and that was covered, I mean, before the second quarter. Uh, came concluded. So entertaining game. There's a lot to kind of digest here. Let's start off with the Rams. Jared Goff, very efficient. It was against a bad 49ers defense, but he's greatly improved under Sean McVay. There's no question about it. He threw for 292 yards and three touchdowns. Why don't we start with him? Uh, how how much more do you have to see out of Goff before you consider him a, a streaming option? Well, I think in good matchups, he's, he's in that conversation now because the, the 49ers – Defense is not known to be very strong, but they did okay against uh, Cam Newton in Week One. Uh, he didn't have a ton of yards or anything. And then last week they they did a pretty good job up in Seattle against uh, Russell Wilson, where that passing game is significantly better than uh, when the Seahawks are on the road. So uh, this is uh, you know maybe a not terrible pass defense and Goff. You know, two hundred ninety-two yards, three touchdowns, uh, one hundred forty-five point eight. Uh, passer rating, so uh, you start to get him against some of the the weaker uh, pass defenses, and I think he's uh, he's startable. And, and now that he's actually utilizing uh, Sammy Watkins a little bit, uh, you know, the arrow is pointing up for him. Before we get into Sammy Watkins, who did have a big night, let's talk about Todd Gurley. Twenty eight carries, one hundred and thirteen yards. He had two touchdowns. Here's the biggest difference for me. For, with Todd Gurley under Sean McVay compared to what Jeff Fisher and his that that, that offensive brain trust, uh, if you can even call it that, 
uh, try to utilize with with Gurley, John. The big the big difference with Gurley, one, he looks healthy. He's playing behind a better offensive line than he had a year ago. Five catches, though, 36 yards and a touchdown. McVay's getting him involved in the passing game. Yeah, uh, Benny Cunningham is no longer there. They did sign Lance Dunbar to fill that role, uh, but he's been injured with the, with that knee injury. So uh, it's been the girly show, and I think I don't think he's going to let it go. At you know, even when Dunbar comes back midseason as the target now. So um, the the thing with the Rams, I just wanted to point out point this out. I mentioned it on Twitter they they scored two hundred twenty four points last season uh, in the entire season, sixteen games. I believe that's fourteen points per game. Uh, the 2017 Rams already have 107 points through three weeks. So it's a significant, uh, jump in terms of the, the offense are producing. You know, we got to keep, uh, expectations in check. I mean, it is the 49ers. We don't know how good the defense is. And obviously they played the, the Colts in week one and they don't have a good pass defense. Uh, the rush defense actually looks a little better. But, uh, the other thing on Gurley is that, you know, people are still looking at his yards per carry and are like, well, you know, it's 3.83 on the season. That's not very good. Uh, you know, the Mendoza line is sort of 4.0. Uh, but I, he has so many carries inside the five. So I, what I did is I, re, uh, removed those carries and he's averaging 4.23 yards per carry on the 53 carries outside of the opponent's five yard line, uh, which isn't bad. If you look at the other, the 33 other running backs with 15 plus such carries, uh, the average, Yards per carry is 4.10. So he's doing better than the league average. And that maybe that's not what you, you, you have set the bar higher for Gurley, maybe, but he's not doing badly uh, in terms of his yards per carry when you take into account uh, all those goal line carries that he's getting. Two quick hitters from the Rams passing game. You had Robert Woods, six catches, 108 yards, and then Sammy Watkins, six catches, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, Watkins did suffer a concussion, but you got some extra time now between games with the Rams playing on Thursday night. Are you looking at Robert Woods as a potential pickup now? And just a quick thought on Sammy Watkins. Well, Woods is uh, playing the most snaps of any of the uh, Rams receivers by a pretty wide margin. Watkins was a little bit ahead of Cooper Cup, who checked in at about 56, 57% after playing uh, 60% in the first two games. Uh, I don't know that you're running out and picking up Woods. Uh, I think he and Cup, I think you, you have to roster Watkins because he's just a really good talent. Um, and if they figure out how to use him, then he's going to end up posting some fantasy numbers for you. Cup is a PPR option. Uh, but if Cup is, you know, playing half the snaps of Woods, uh, and, you know, Cup saw two targets last night. Woods saw seven. It's kind of they're kind of canceling each other out. I mean, I, I can't count on Robert Woods to to give me uh, consistent fantasy production. He's more known for his blocking in the running game, so it, it is a little bit of a dicey situation there. If you're if you're looking at this as a wide receiver one with Watkins and then the wide receiver two three uh, with Woods and Cup and in what might be a shaky passing game. I don't think Jared Goff's uh, ascension is going to be a straight line. So you, know, you get him against some of the tougher uh, pass defenses and this is, this passing game might, uh, might tank a little bit. And then real, real quickly on the 49ers, I think the only guy that's worth discussing from a fantasy aspect, we, I mean, Carlos Hyde had two touchdowns on 84 yards, but uh, you, our, Carlos Hyde's going to be an RB too. Pierre Garçon, he had seven catches for 142 yards. One game aberration, or are you looking at him maybe as a wide receiver three? Well, you know, you know, I love Pierre Garçon, especially <laughs> in PPR do. formats, and uh, I mean that's 21.2 uh, fantasy points right there in, in PPR. He's even 
even posted a good a good night in uh, standard. I mean, I'd like to see him get some usage uh, around the goal line. I mean, I I didn't watch most of the game as as is usual. I mean, this this had an over under as you mentioned of thirty nine point five, and um, it was it was Jared Goff versus Brian Hoyer. It wasn't really uh, must see TV <laughs> for me. Uh, but I tuned in for the last, uh, I guess, two or three drives, and I saw the uh, the goal line uh, series with the with the 49ers. Uh, they tried to throw to Trent Taylor, and it was a really weird uh, play. Uh, Taylor probably would have been open if he'd just gone to the pylon, uh, but he kind of he got back into the defensive back. Um, that was a weird. That was on the two point conversion, uh, but they they really weren't use, utilizing Garcon much, uh, you know, inside the five. I'd like to see that, but he's never been known for a big to be a big uh, touchdown catcher. So you drafted him in the sixth or seventh round in your PPR league to give you hopefully top twenty numbers by the end of the season. And I think he'll uh, he'll provide that. And I did tweet out last night that I'm wondering how much of his production will be in the fourth quarter as the 49ers are. Are trailing, you know. I think he went into the fourth quarter with maybe 95 yards or, or less uh, in receiving, and then uh, started to rack up some catches uh, in yardage uh, there in the fourth quarter. So uh, that could be a trend for him all season. Let's move on to some injury updates now. Demarco Murray, we'll start with him. He's got a hamstring problem. He didn't practice Thursday. He didn't practice Wednesday. They said that he was inside working on the treadmill yesterday. Not that Murray needs a full week of practice in order to be uh, eligible to play on Sunday. He's a, he's a veteran back. He knows what he's doing. But let's say DeMarco Murray's out. Where would you rank Derrick Henry? Well, it's not a great matchup. Uh, although we really don't know which Seattle defense is going to show up because they did a nice job against Ty Montgomery in week one. And then in week two, they just got trampled at home uh, by T- Carlos Hyde, who, I don't know, was it 10 yards per carry or something like that? Uh, 8.3 yards per carry, 15 carries for 124 yards in Seattle. Uh, You know, we can see that uh, the 49 running games improved. So that's, that's that. Um, But I have Henry right now ahead of Murray. I just feel like Murray is sort of trending down. Uh, I think I've written a couple times in our injury write-ups that, you know, maybe we're witnessing the beginning of the end uh, for DeMarco Murray. And, you know, he's got such a good player behind him. Uh, Henry had 14 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown last week against Jacksonville. A good, a good Jacksonville defense, 6.6 yards per carry, uh, six carries for 25 yards against Oakland, uh, 4.2 yards per carry, uh, in week one. You know, obviously he had some big games last year for the Titans when he, uh, was getting the commensurate amount of touches. No catches this year. Uh, so I, I think his value would be a little bit higher. If he's the main back, he'd be a little bit higher in standard than it would be PPR. But I think he's an RB2 uh, in either format, uh, maybe a high-end RB2 in, in standard and a lower-end RB2 in PPR. Uh, we, we just don't know which Seahawks defense is going to show up in terms of the ru- uh, running game. But, I mean, you have to be optimistic about it, given what they did versus uh, Carlos Hyde and then what the Titans did against Jacksonville. Let's talk about Jordan Howard. He's got a shoulder injury. He remained limited in Thursday's practice. He was also limited on Wednesday, what do you think of Howard Howard playing against Pittsburgh on Sunday? Do you view him as maybe an RB3? And then what does this mean for Tariq Cohen? Yeah, I have Cohen higher in both formats. Uh, I think we were talking about somebody who tweeted at me laughing out loud at my putting Cohen ahead of uh, Howard last week in PPR, which I thought was a good ranking, and it turned out to be a good ranking. Suck it, um, Twitter. As I remember. Yeah, suck at Twitter. Uh I think you're looking at a game script where the Steelers 
are going to jump out to a lead. They're the better team. Uh, this is going to be every week, I think, for the for the Bears, uh, unless they just have a you know a matchup against another bad team and they're able to to get a lead or to stay keep it close. And Howard's healthy and, and is able to ca- carry the ball 15, 20 times. He's just not uh, the preferred option in the passing game. And if if the Steelers jump out to a lead, the Bears are trailing. You're going to see a lot of Terry Cohen. And on top of it, you have Howard, you know, limited and. You know, if he takes a hard hit on that shoulder, he's out for the game. So it's a really risky pick. Uh, you know, he could get you the, the 12 to 18 carries that you need and a touchdown to uh, to, to get some points uh, for you uh, in both formats. But um, I just feel a lot better about Cohen at this point, given his involvement in the passing game. Let's talk about uh, Mr. Walking Injury, Danny Amendola. He suffered the concussion two weeks ago in that loss to Kansas City. He didn't play last Sunday in New Orleans, but he's practicing. He practiced on Thursday. He was limited on Wednesday. I'm assuming, John, that he's going to practice again today, which is Friday. Do you like him as a wide receiver three against Houston? Well, he had the six catches for 100 yards on seven targets against uh, Kansas City. He did that in 40% of the snaps uh, before getting knocked out with an injury. You know, he is a risky pick. It's not like he just has the concussion. He also has the knee injury. Uh, so it's not like a super safe play, but when you look at what Amendola has done with Julian Edelman sidelined in, in eight games, uh, since, uh, 2013, that Edelman's been out. Amendola's averaged 5.4 catches for 54 yards and 0.12 touchdowns per game. Those aren't like super great numbers, but that is 11, you know, 12, 13 points in, in PPR format. So he's certainly startable and he has the, he has that six for 100 upside, uh, that we saw in week one. So, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too, uh, you know, nervous about starting him given the, the, that role in the offense and how big it is. Uh, you know, his his uh, his chemistry with Tom Brady and and, and what we saw. Uh, you know, seven targets. I think it was in a half uh, against KC. I think that's a, a pretty sizable role. Odell Beckham owners will rejoice at the fact that he's been removed from the Week Three injury report. The Giants are facing the Eagles in Philadelphia on Sunday. Beckham probably isn't 100% healthy. John, do you think we'll see better production than what we saw Monday night against Detroit? I think so. It sounds like he's uh, expecting to play quite a bit more. Uh, he's got a pretty good matchup uh, with Jalen Mills uh, on his side of the field. Uh, they, they tend to to run Beckham on the right side of the, uh, the, the field of the formation. And, and uh, that's where Mills tends to line up. And uh, even if he's on the left side, he's got uh, Raul Douglas. Uh, so um, the, the matchup's not bad against these Philly uh, corners. And, you know, I'm expecting wide receiver two type numbers. I mean, I think if you have them, you pretty much have to start them because you don't want to miss out on the two touchdown uh, game. But, you know, after a couple of weeks of, uh, kind of getting burned by him uh owners i think can get uh a little bit excited about it because they did remove him from the injury report and that's that is a that is a big step forward for him good news for jordy nelson mike mccarthy expects that nelson is going to play despite suffering a quad injury that that held him out of virtually the entire game last sunday night against the falcons bad news potentially bad news for Randall Cobb owners, he's dealing with a chest injury. He's questionable. It looks like he's going to be a game-time decision. What do Cobb owners do with that late afternoon kickoff, John? Well, you got to make up a, a plan B. And what I typically do is I look at the other – I mean, I, I think Cobb's not going to play based on what's happening. So I would plan right now to ha- have somebody else in that spot. And um, even if he does play, 
you have to question how much he will play and the chances of a in-game injury are, are there. Uh, so I have him ranked around 50. So there's got to be somebody else on the roster that's, uh, uh, that's available to you. Um, the, the other option is if you do think that he's going to be particularly good uh, against the, the Bengals, if he plays uh, and he is somebody that can play well without practicing, um, you, you need to look at the other games. If you don't have anybody on your roster that plays late or plays after him, you need to look at all the games and see if there's somebody that might be available on the waiver wire. Uh, that's, that's startable. Uh, the other option is to, to pick up, uh, Geronimo Allison. Uh, he's the fourth receiver in this offense. And whenever one of these guys misses, he tends to, to step in and play, uh, 50 to 70% of the snaps. Uh, the, the third receiver for the, for the Packers tends to play quite a bit. It's like 70, 75% of the snaps. So, uh, Allison could be that, that, uh, backup plan for Cowboy owners. Tyler Eifert. Mm, probably won't play. He remains sidelined at today's practice, today being Friday, due to back and knee injuries. Any interest in some of the backup tight ends for Cincinnati? Well, no, not really. Tyler, Tyler Croft is supposedly going to get the start, but uh, C.J. Uzuma was actually better last year when Eifert was injured. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of streaming options this week at tight end, so I think uh, owners can find uh, better options elsewhere. Rob Gronkowski is was banged up last week, but I can't imagine that he's not going to play, John. Yeah, he said it wasn't too serious, and uh, you know Gronk got his MD in the offseason, so he knows uh, if he's well whether or not he's going to play. And uh, you know he, the fact that he was limited early in the week uh, is a good sign that he's he's going to be fine for uh, for this week. And then Jordan Reed, we know that he suffered uh, an injury late in the second half against the Rams last week. It was a chest injury. He's also dealing with a toe injury. He was officially limited in Thursday's practice. We don't know how he's going to practice today, if he if he is. Uh, apparently, according to his coach, Jay Gruden, the pain is becoming manageable, but they're going to have to see how he, how he fares on Friday. I would I would imagine that Reed's going to play Sunday night against the Raiders, John, but I guess the question is how effective is he going to be? Yeah, and we're it's a five thirty game uh, uh, Pacific time, eight thirty for you, or no, seven thirty for you in Central. Uh, so owners need to plan ahead. Uh, Vernon Davis is an option; he's the direct replacement. Uh, he did okay uh, when when Reed was out last year. A better option would be Jared Cook uh, for the uh, your, your favorite player. Uh, <laughs> did you get Did you get the signed uh, photo I sent you? I did. Cook? Thank you. Yeah, that was very nice. I'm going to put it up in the office. Awesome. Uh, he's got a nice matchup. Washington has been bad against tight ends this year. Uh, and he's been more involved or has been pretty involved, uh, in the Oakland offense more, more so than, uh, Clyde Wolford last year. Uh, so he's a good, uh, pivot. Uh, and, you know, if you look to the Monday night game, Jermaine Gresham's probably going to play against Dallas. I don't know if uh, Jason Witten's available on the waiver wire. Probably not. He plays on Monday night as well. He's a good start. He's a top eight or so start against Arizona this week. Um, so I think those are your options and, uh, we should know more Saturday, whether or not, uh, they're expecting Jordan Reed to play. And we usually, uh, find out some information on Sunday morning, uh, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, usually, uh, you know, hitting the weeds, trying to get the, get the information on some of these late game players. So, uh, we should know more over the weekend. We're going to get into John's sneaky starts for week three, but wanted to tell you about our new favorite app. It's called Draft. It's not too late to download the highest rated fantasy football app. It is called Draft. You can play in live snake drafts, be done in under five minutes. And the the best part is too, as you as you start to use more of Draft, you can play for money 
and your chances of winning are 80% better than they are in any of the salary cap sites. So you're heading into week four, use draft. It's a lot of fun. All new players get free entry into real money drafts just just when you make your first deposit. All you have to use is our is our code, our promo code, which is four for four. That's right, you can play in real money games for free just by using our promo code, which is four for four. That's the number four, F-O-R, the number four. And it gets even better with draft. So make sure that you love or make make sure that you play it because they're 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 offering the most accurate podcast listeners a money back guarantee of up to one hundred dollars. So if you don't like it, it's great. You already got the money back guarantee for you. But uh, John and I are, are sure that you're going to love it. Just search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and and play for free right now. Just use our promo code, which is four for four. That's number four F O R number four. All right, sneaky starts time for week four. We'll start off with one quarterback that that you like. Uh, I don't know if you'll like him personally, John, but you like him for fantasy purposes. He's Jay Cutler. Well, he is entertaining. And before I get into Jay Cutler, there was one other injury that I uh, I meant to add uh, before the, the before the read. There is Janoris Jenkins. I'm keeping an eye on him. He's questionable. Uh, he didn't play last week. Uh, he's questionable to play in week three. And if he's out, uh, that's an upgrade for Alshon Jeffrey. Um, you know, Jenkins probably going to uh, shadow Jeffrey. Uh, and uh, if he's out, it's a big, big boost for Jeffrey. But uh, Jay Cutler, um, he posted a reasonable uh, 230 uh, passing yards and a touchdown against the Chargers uh, last week. And, uh, you know, he's got some good weapons there in that in that passing game with Devontae Parker. He's nursing an uh, ankle injury. Uh, Jarvis Landry, who has a knee injury, uh, but they're both expected to play tentatively. So keep an eye on that. But I think he's streamable, uh, against the Jets. And the Jets, obviously, the, the, the franchise is kind of a dumpster fire right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, Cutler, uh, against that secondary is a, is a pretty good matchup. Uh, and there's some weakness, I think, in the QB ranks as you get into the, the teens because of the matchups, uh, for those, some of those players. So I think Cutler, uh, if you're looking ahead as well with him, he faces the Saints, Titans, and Falcons uh, before getting the Jets again in the next uh, f- uh, four weeks after this week. So he's a he's a pretty good short-term option if you're uh, streaming the position. Buck Allen, you also have his, him as listed as a sneaky start. Don't forget, the London games start this week, and the Ravens are taking on the Jaguars in London. So it's a very early start time, either, either if you have Buck Allen – in your lineup, or maybe you want to use him uh, streaming option if he's still available on your waiver wire. John, don't forget that London game is early. Yeah, I, I'll never forget that the London games are early because I have to wake up at five o'clock and uh, make sure that the injury uh, rankings or rec- rankings are updated for injuries that for inactives that I think which I think came come out at five thirty. Um, I was hoping to avoid that this week because everybody was going to either be healthy in or out or whatever. But it looks like Terrence West is. Uh, back at practice today, so he's now looking like he's a questionable uh, for that game, uh, and that you know that hurts uh, Buck Allen, Javarius Allen a little bit, um, but he's been pretty involved regardless. Uh, you know, twenty-one carries, seventy-one yards in Week One against Cincinnati after Danny Woodhead got knocked out uh, of the game. Uh, Cleveland last week he had fourteen carries for sixty-six yards. He also had five catches for thirty-five yards and a touchdown on six targets. So I think regardless of of West's um, status, I think you're looking at Allen as probably the better play uh, against uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville had a tough time 
uh, stopping uh, Derrick Henry last week, uh, although the defense does look better this year than in years past. I think I think Allen is, is a good start regardless. I think it sort of depends on West's uh, availability and, and his overall health. If West is pretty healthy, uh, he may see 10 to 12 carries if he's you know kind of dinged up and they, they may limit him to more like a six to eight carry type of a day. Let's do one more running back too. You have Theo Riddick listed. He is the Lions third down back. He also is involved in the passing game and my Falcons unfortunately have not looked good against the run this year. You like him? Yeah, this uh, you know this has a chance for the game script to be negative for the for the Detroit Lions and to get them into more of a pass heavy uh, attack in the second half of the game if Atlanta is able to jump out to a lead. Uh, Atlanta's also struggled uh, to stop pass catching uh, running backs. Uh, Ty Montgomery had six catches for seventy five yards and a touchdown uh, in week two. Uh, in week one, they faced uh, Tree Cohen, of course, uh, eight catches for uh, forty seven yards and a touchdown for him. So this is one where Riddick might be able to to get you uh, his usual four or five catches, but it might end up being seven or eight, uh, and then maybe you know sixty or seventy uh, receiving yards, and who knows, maybe a touchdown for him as well. So I, I like him as a as a streaming option in the RB two spot, especially in PPR formats. Let's move on to wide receivers. One that you like is Rashard Higgins of Cleveland. Corey Coleman is out, as we know, and Kenny uh, Kenny Britt thus far has not been impressive whatsoever. In fact, I, I read a blurb that Kenny Kenny Britt has basically been given up on routes during games. He, he hasn't hustled at all, and that led to Hugh Jackson having a conversation about his effort. Bottom line is Richard Higgins might be the, the, the one wide receiver to own in Cleveland right now. Yeah, I, I thought that was that blurb was pretty funny about Britt uh, having a you know a man to man talk with his head coach about effort uh, in you know ahead of week three of his you know season uh, after signing a big contract with the with the Browns. Uh, Kenny Britt's season has not gone the way that a lot of us thought. He he's just hasn't handled it the way handled the money or handled his stability or whatever uh, his role uh, the way we thought he would. Uh, and Higgins is a very good route runner. He um, fared very well in uh, Matt Harmon's reception perception uh, charting, uh, especially coming out of college. He was one of the Harmon's favorite receivers uh, that year. And he just was, his stock just was sunk by a, a combine where he just did not test well at all. Uh, so, you know, he was a fifth round pick, I think. And uh, he just was, you know, elevated from the practice squad. Uh, before last week's game, and he came in and did a nice job. And I went, you know, I went and watched his his catches, and uh, he does look like a good route runner. Does has a good feel for where to uh, sit in the zone. Uh, when he was in man to man, he was able to shake off the defender and create space. And uh, Deshaun Kaiser will throw the ball and be aggressive uh, to him. And this is a nice matchup against uh, the Colts. On top of everything, JJ Nelson had five catches for 120, 120 yards and a touchdown last week. Darren Brown had four for 73. Um, Cooper cup, uh, in week one had four for 76 and a touchdown. Sammy Watkins five for 58. So, you know, I'm seeing that with Higgins, probably, you know, five for 50 is his baseline. And, you know, he's got upside from there as we saw last week. Another wide receiver you like is Tyler Lockett. The Seattle Seahawks offense is basically, uh, done nothing in two weeks, and my fan- some of my fantasy teams are feeling the effects because I took Russell Wilson. I thought I was so smart taking Russell Wilson in the mid to, mid to late rounds, John, and I thought this is going to be an MVP candidate, and that offensive line has sunk the offense. But you like Tyler Lockett in Nashville on Sunday. Well, Tennessee's pass defense is 
isn't real strong. Uh, Mari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, five for 62 and a touchdown for Cooper, six for 83 uh, for Crabtree. Last week against um, Jacksonville, Marquise Lee, seven for 76. Uh, Alan Hearns, six for 82 and a touchdown. So I think there's some opportunity against the Titans uh, pass defense. And then if you look at Lockett, uh, he's getting healthy now. His, his, his snaps jumped from 53% against Green Bay up to 74% against San Francisco. Uh, against uh, the 49ers, he had six catches for 64 yards on nine targets. Uh, and when he gets um, when he gets uh, enough targets, enough work, uh, he's a, been a really productive uh, receiver uh, over the last uh, in the last 16 career games where he's seen at least four targets. He's averaged four catches for 54 yards and 0.33 touchdowns, which is definitely serviceable uh, as a wide receiver three if you're trying to. Uh, get some production in, in a week where you maybe are dealing with some injuries or or whatever. But I, I like him uh, against Tennessee, trending upwards in terms of his snaps. He's also somebody that Matt Harmon really liked a couple of years ago, his his route running. Uh, so I think there's some upside here. We'll round it out with two tight ends that you like. Let's start off with Ben Watson. He's going to be in Jacksonville again. Just another reminder that that game is in London on Sunday morning. But Ben Watson, given all the injuries that the the Ravens have had at tight end, Ben Watson's one of their 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 better offensive weapons. That's not saying much, but he's been good. <laughs> he had a, a goose egg in week one, but then played eighty something percent of the snaps uh, last week, and and obviously did very well. If you look at uh, Jacksonville, they yielded uh, four catches for 61 yards to Jelani Walker. Uh, Janu Smith had two catches for 30 yards and a touchdown also for Tennessee. So that's six for 91 and a touchdown there. Uh, Houston didn't do much against Jacksonville. They had four for 46 from uh, CJ Fedorowicz. Uh, but, you know, I think when you look at this offense and uh, the tight ends always been involved uh, with, with Joe Flacco in terms of his targets and who he's, who he's targeting, especially in the red zone. I think Ben Watson's a decent streaming option this week. And then the final tight end, Ed, Ed Dixon had a touchdown that was basically taken away from him by Cam, his own quarterback, Cam Newton, last week. He gets an opportunity, he and Carolina get, get an opportunity to finally rev up that offense a little bit against New Orleans, who comes to town. And we, we all know, especially those in DFS leagues, uh, if you want to stack, you stack against New Orleans. So Ed Dixon's one of those options for you on Sunday. Yeah, I'm not sure if his price in DFS and all that, uh, if he's minimum price or close to it, he's a nice play, especially in GPPs where, um, you want some, some variety there at tight end. Uh, it's a highly volatile position. Uh, but Rob Gronkowski, six for 116 and a touchdown last week. Obviously, Ed Dixon is no Rob Gronkowski, but, uh, you know, in week one, Kyle Rudolph had three catches for 26 yards and a touchdown as well against New Orleans. Um, New Orleans just has a bad pass defense and, you know, anytime you can, uh, pick up a player that's playing uh, facing them uh it's not a bad play if you're in in dire straits like uh greg olson owners are and dixon's a pretty good athlete uh he's you know he's been he's been decent throughout his career when he's uh utilized he's got seven games where he's seen at least six targets and in those games he's averaged 5.1 catches for 47 yards and 0.29 uh, touchdowns per game so um you know this is not a bad play uh, there's some upside here. I, I am. I was worried about Greg Olson's workload heading into the season uh, because of the addition of Christian McCaffrey, and I have the same concerns uh, this week with Dixon. So it's not like it's a full endorsement where you could just kind of plug in Dixon for for Olson and get those top five numbers that you were getting from Olson. But um, uh, I think it's a it's worth a stab because I think around the in the red zone, um, uh, Dixon could step in and catch a touchdown. Do you have any defenses for us this week? 
Yeah, there are a few uh, good streaming options uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, I have the Patriots at ranked first uh, against Houston. Uh, they might be available on the waiver wire after a, a couple of tough weeks, especially uh, week one and against KC. They, I'm sure they got cut quite a bit. Uh, obviously, the Ravens against Jacksonville. Uh, Blake Bortles looked good in week one in terms of taking care of the ball and not taking any sacks, but then kind of regressed in, uh, against the Titans once they started to trail. And I think this is a game that the, the Baltimore uh, Ravens will will probably lead, and that's going to force Bortles into some mistakes. Uh, the Dolphins at the Jets are an obvious one. Steelers at Chicago are, are, is a good play. Uh, Packers at home against Cincinnati. They're, they're missing Nick Perry, but uh, that, that Cincinnati offensive line is uh, in trouble. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about the Packers winning this game because of the, the coordinator change for the for the Bengals, and maybe they come out and um, Bill Lazor has some things planned for, for the Packers defense, which is not real good against the pass. Uh, but Eagles against the Giants, uh, the Giants offensive line, as we saw, I don't know if you saw the, the video, the, the radio guy talking about Pythagorean theorem and how terrible, the, uh, the, uh, uh, Giants offensive line is, uh, but the Eagles should have a, a good day against the Giants. Uh, I even like the Colts against Cleveland at home, uh, and vice versa. Cleveland against the Colts is a pretty good play as well. Uh, so those are, those are probably, uh, yeah, those are all the, the streaming plays that I wrote down for you. John, great stuff as always. You can follow John on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. Don't forget to, uh, to check out all of John's great rankings, uh, he, which he does every single Tuesday for 444.com. There's all kinds of content, whether you're a standard PPR, full-length full season, or DFS player in fantasy, 444.com has you covered. We will talk to you next Monday. Good luck this weekend in all of your for all your fantasy teams. And uh, again, thank you for listening for 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast.